Hello, leading moms. Welcome back to the Moms That Lead podcast. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host, and I hope you've had a great two weeks and were able to use our mini hiatus to catch up on any recent episodes that you might have missed. There have been so many really great interviews. We have some more amazing interviews coming up, but I wanted to pop on for a quick episode today to talk about some things I've learned in the past several weeks as our family goes through a challenging time of transition and uncertainty. I think that one of the hardest parts of being a leader, both outside and inside your home, is that no matter what you're going through, as a leader, you have to show up. You really can't just crawl into a hole and let life pass you by. So what do you do when you feel like you're leading on empty, when you feel like you really have nothing left to give? I think this is a question that many of us have had to grapple with more than ever during these past couple of years. And not just that, we may be leading teams that feel like they're running on empty. So what do we do? I have a few ideas that have helped me in the recent past that you can apply to your self-leadership or to your team leadership. For me, this feeling of leading on empty started with a conversation that I had with my husband in late August. But before we get into that, Let me just say that I have a real problem with comparative suffering, meaning that the voice in my head is screaming at me right now, saying, how can you even talk about this, quote, challenging time in your life when so many have it so much worse? So yes, I know that the situation I'm about to tell you about could be a lot worse, but I also know that it's been a really long time since I've felt so overwhelmed and emotionally unstable. And I've learned from many, including Brene Brown, that comparative suffering is not at all helpful. So I'm opening up about this with you in the hope that some of the practices that I've imperfectly clung to during this time may help both you and those you lead when you feel like you're in a situation when you feel like your tank is nearing empty. And as always, this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for professional help not to get into the comparative suffering again. But I know many of you might be facing much more difficult and complex situations that the simple strategies that I'll be sharing might not even touch. So back to my story. In late August, we found out that my husband's company was giving him a great opportunity to move into a new exciting position in which he could use his passion and expertise for environmental engineering to make a real impact. The catch was that it was in another city. So here we were with the choice. Take our children out of their schools and friend groups that they've been developing for the past 10 years, or have my husband commute three and a half hours each way and miss the majority of our son's last two years at home. After discussing it with the kids, we decided to make the move together. So for the past couple of months, we've been dealing with everything that comes with getting a house ready to sell, finding a new house in a crazy seller's market, and figuring out how I can keep Stronger to Serve, our nonprofit that I have poured my heart into in the last four years, running here and expand it to the new city. And in the midst of that, I started feeling like a huge hypocrite. Because for all of the time that I've talked to you about healthy habits and managing stress, I was really struggling to do any of them. In talking about this with a friend, it got me thinking. What are those lifelines that I was able to hang on to to continue to at least keep my head above water 
and try to be some semblance of the leader that I wanted to be. So in looking over those weeks, there are three practices that I was able to stick with. Not perfectly, but when I did them, they pulled me out of the overwhelm, at least for a little bit. And it just so happens that they all start with R. Isn't that convenient for remembering them? They are rituals, rest, and relationships. So rituals. I thought about calling these routines, which also conveniently starts with an R, but I learned that the difference between a routine and a ritual is that a ritual has a purpose or meaning behind it. During this time, I've learned just how important it is to establish rituals before you enter difficult times and how important it is that these rituals are easy and grounded in your values. For example, for me, my primary value is faith. And for the past several years, every weekday morning, I follow the same ritual. I turn on a seven-minute song on my phone and try to sit in contemplative prayer for at least that long. If you're not familiar with contemplative prayer, I'll put a link in the show notes about it. But it's kind of a mix of meditation and prayer. Most people do it for at least 20 minutes, but baby steps for me. After I do that seven-minute practice, I use the app Sacred Space to pray through the day's Bible readings and then say two of my favorite prayers, the Memorare and the Prayer of St. Francis. I made myself keep this ritual alive even when I felt most overwhelmed and instead wanted to race into my day of tasks. And I'm not going to lie and say that it made me feel better every day, but it was something that I could control. And it also helped me to start my day focused on my values. So what is one, yes, just one, ritual that is grounded in your values that you can either establish or cling to? Think about it and get started with it now so that as times get harder, it will be easier to cling to. For your team or those that you lead, what practices get to the heart of who you want to be as a team? Clinging to these practices, maybe it's just a fun part of your weekly meeting or a unique way that you celebrate accomplishments. Clinging to those can help you all to keep moving forward when you feel like you're running on empty. The second practice is rest. And I'm not just talking about sleep at night. As you know, that can be unusually challenging when you're going through a tough situation. And for some reason, your mind just wants to keep mulling over all the things you have to do and the choices you have to make. But how can you interject mini rests throughout the day? I found myself regularly using the breathing tips that Jonathan and Charlotte from Wellness Theory gave us a few episodes ago. Maybe your mini rests aren't even physical, but instead emotional. Even just this morning, I woke up in a bad mood and took the mini rest of talking to my son about what he was grateful for. I know it sounds cliche to just think about what you're thankful for, but it really works. I was amazed at how quickly it transformed my mood, at least for a little bit. For me, resting from stress also involves trying to look at what's good in the world. So reading stories on apps like the Good News Network provided another helpful quick rest for me. What do mini rests look like for you? Is it simply giving yourself grace when you make a mistake or don't do something in the way you wanted to? Is it watching a funny video? Taking a walk outside? What about your team? What practices do you have that help you to take a quick and recharging break? Think about it. And again, 
make sure you start those practices now. And finally, the last R. It has to do with relationships. And I look at this in two ways. The first has to do with reminding myself that we are part of a community. I've noticed that any practices that help me to zoom out from my small life and recognize that I'm not the center of the story have been helpful for me. This is one of the reasons that, as I've talked about in the past, volunteering can be so helpful for me. So can listening to or helping a friend who is going through a challenge herself. They get me out of focusing on myself and help me to understand and realize that the world is so much bigger than the challenge that I'm going through. Second, when we're going through challenging times, another way that relationships help is that we just have to remember that we're not alone. We have to ask for help, whether that is through a professional therapist or a friend, or in my case, my mother-in-law who was visiting and helped me by doing tasks such as cleaning all of our blinds. The fact is that we're not made to go through life without support. If we work on building and maintaining those relationships in good times, we have them there in our times of need. I really personally stink at reaching out for help, but I did notice how much easier it made things when I did it during the past month. For your team, what relationships do you need to build as a support network? Are there other teams or individuals at your organization or outside of it that you could partner with to offer mutual support? Start building those relationships now. So there we are, rituals, rest, and relationships. I hope that these are helpful to you as you weather the inevitable storms that will come your way as a leader and as a mom. Share your tips over on Instagram at We Are Moms That Lead. I know our family's time of uncertainty and stress hasn't ended, so I'd love to hear what practices work best for you. And as always, until next time, lead with love.